Okay. Is that a problem? Is that a problem? <laughs> is that a problem? It's too late now, isn't it? It's I can't really now. change my voice. Sorry, you need to go back yeah. and get born again. <laughs> <laughs> this is Layers, a conversation about building brands with more depth. Within a company, a rebrand can be a surprisingly difficult project to rally support for. Today, we're talking about the internal blockers inside your company, the things that stop a brand overhaul, and ways to navigate around the objections of the naysayers to make the big picture happen. MC. G'day, Dave. Let's pull this topic apart. Let's begin with uh, maybe a little bit of conversating about why it's so hard for brand managers or CMOs to rally support for rebrands. And also, maybe we talk a bit about how there's some difficulties for the CEO as well too. So, it's not always just brand managers trying to to get this over the line with with the leadership team. It sometimes can actually happen the other way around. But yeah, let's let's step through it. Let's try and figure out like what what are the what other factors? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the first thing that I think of is the emotional attachment. You know, there's a lot of emotions involved when you're considering branding, and so there's a bit of emotional attachment there to to the old brand. So it can be hard for people to let go or, or want to let go, especially if you're in a situation where a brand manager's come in and they weren't part of the old guard, but you know, the CEO was or the founder was and and they're being told, you know, your brand's no good anymore. That can immediately be a bit of a jarring experience, you know, to to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Yeah, I think when I was thinking about this topic, uh, I was thinking about time and the time factor uh, as, as kind of being one of the, the difficult aspects. So, just to kind of build on that, like a a brand rebuild is a fairly big undertaking. Even if you're a small business, like it, it can be quite disruptive. But the bigger you are, kind of the, the bigger the project also sure. becomes as well because it's just there's more stuff to, to touch with, with a brand. And the simple fact is that a rebrand can take many months. It can take a, a year even to, to kind of run through the process from start to, to finish. So, time can be a critical factor which kind of leads into this second idea about distraction mm-hmm. and distraction being a uh, you know one of the challenges because if you think about a brand manager's role or a CMO's role like it's business as usual and then you have the rebrand that sort of sits over the top of that yeah and and I think that can make it quite difficult sort of shifting away from the urgency of today mm-hmm. And, and looking at kind of like what are those more, you know, future critical projects that need to be done and brand definitely sits in that category. Yeah. And uh, it ties into something else I was thinking about, which is it might just be seen as a hassle, you know, like why do we need this hassle? We've got a logo already, you know, it's just going to be upheaval and, and time, as you say, taken away from other tasks. Like, you know, there's a big question why, you know, against I guess that, that input of time and cost. Yeah, hassles. De- yeah, I mean that's definitely one that I didn't think of. But mm. I mean, hassle is 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 definitely one that kind of plays into people's personality traits. Yeah. And I guess uh, hassle and change are maybe kind of two that are kind of interlinked in For a sure, way. Yeah. Let's face it, people don't like change, mm. and I think that's that's one of the the really key uphill battles that you have to fight with a rebrand mm. is that people feel really comfy with with the current brand. Yeah, and they know it. And they might know that it has some, you know, kind of aspects of it that are not quite meeting the benchmark or that mm. that needs to be overhauled. But 
but they're comfortable with it. And yeah. I think, you know, they're uncertain about what change might mean uh, for a brand. Well, that's the uncertainty, as you say, is an interesting one because I guess we would associate it usually with, oh, rebrand's going to build all this opportunity, but they may think, you know, even if they see some of the current flaws, oh, this could be worse, you know. Yeah. What if we make it worse? Yeah. But, yeah, as you say, the for me, that comfort level, you know, they're comfortable with the the current branding goes hand in hand with that sort of emotional attachment that I was talking about off the top where, yeah, it's just the might be all they've known and maybe for a long time, you know, so that's that's a hard thing to let go of. For sure. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a big one. Uh, look, you can't. You can't have this conversation without kind of talking about politics as well and, and you know, the politics that happens within a company that happen at kind of all levels and all sizes. And I think politics is a, is a factor. Anytime you've got people involved in decision-making, you're going to oh, yeah. have politics. Yeah. And I think quite often brand managers are kind of seen as a bit like kind of maverick um, <laughs> yeah. and, and a bit cavalier, like, yeah. you know, kind of like let's go and do this thing and yeah. and and, have, and doing it without kind of much consideration mm-hmm. j- just because they want to change it just yeah. for the sake of change. And we've talked a bit about that in other podcasts, like yeah. change for the sake of change is not, a, is not a reason to rebrand. But I think you're right that there is almost a persona attached to the marketing department, you know, that even the stuff they do is fluffy or, you know, for the sake of it or... Um, especially if someone new is coming in that, you know, they're only doing it to, to put their stamp on it. So, I think there is, as you say, almost a bit of bias before you even start as to to why, what's the motivation behind the, the idea or the project. That's definitely a big factor for sure. Yeah. What else have you got on your list? I'm curious to know. Um, I mean, one the big one that we haven't talked about really, I guess, is cost. Yeah. You know, no one wants to, to spend the money, <laughs> especially, again, it's, that's what's, one of the things, I guess, that's unique about the rebranding as well, as we've sort of talked about and why we're focusing on it a bit, is that some of those differences is I think everyone pretty much accepts that when you start a business, you know, you need some level of branding. So, they're willing to pay that cost and, you know, most founders, I'm sure when they sit down and tap out their costings and, you know, what they're going to need to in terms of capital to start their business would put some money aside for, for brand and marketing. But in terms of actually finding that money in the general flow of year to year, you know, budgeting and P&Ls, suddenly inserting, you know, a decent cost, you know, can feel very out of the blue or not planned for. And, and you know, again, if there's any sort of comfort or attachment to the current brand, it'd be like, okay, why are we getting rid of this thing that works and spending a bunch of money and having all this upheaval like we talked about? So, it can be hard to justify that cost, I guess. Oh, d- definitely. I mean, that is a big factor. I think it, you could almost put that at the top of the list. Mm. Uh, cost is is a huge underlying factor. It can be the handbrake to a, to a rebrand. Yeah. Because not only have you got to contend with, okay, well, let's, we need to create the strategy and we need to create the, the identity and the messaging and all the other factors of it. But then when it shifts into like a physical sense, like let's say you're a services firm, you have multiple locations, you have to think about, okay, what does that mean for environmental branding? Yeah. What does that mean for signage? What does it mean for all my collateral? Like you're pretty much like throwing everything out and you're starting <laughs> from scratch again. So, yeah. it can be a significant uh, cost to a business. And Absolutely. the bigger you are, the bigger the cost kind of looks like. For sure. Yeah. And then the final one on my list is actually timing. So, I think timing to distinguish between time as a factor, like how much time it's going to take, but actually timing and when you do a rebrand. So I think sometimes just when the timing is wrong- it's going to be really hard to get a rebrand over the over yeah. the line. Like there might be other projects that are a priority. Maybe the CEO is not the right CEO at the time. 
but it might be the only issue that you face. Maybe you've got everybody else on board, but timing is just a critical factor. So, yep. you know, that, that is definitely something that will kind of thwart a, a rebrand. Yeah, I think even almost the inverse of that too, of like not knowing or having some sort of fear of when is the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be an idea that you want to tackle, but if you feel sort of paralyzed because you don't know when the right time timing is to do it, you know, that might just cause that, even if it's that procrastination, you know, to put it off and put it off, oh, it doesn't feel like the right time or when's the right time. Yeah, definitely. That's a big one. Anything else on your list? No, that's all. Okay. Well, I think that's a pretty solid list of th- objections you've got to overcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, that's the next segment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay. So, well, I mean, villains might be too too strong a word, but but who- who are the naysayers in in all of this, and who who are those people typically that you've got to kind of convince in the in the process? It might be interesting to just kind of work through that a little bit and see and see where where we you're going to kind of come across some issues. Who's number one on your list? Yeah, well, for me, it's the it's the CEO mm-hmm. um, or the founder, yep. and uh, I think they usually are the blockers to a to a rebrand, mm-hmm. and I I often think. For them, they're probably thinking about a lot of those factors we just talked before about like time sink, the distraction, the cost to the business. They're the types of arguments that are going to be thrown around, I think, from from a CEO perspective. How about for you? Well, I think just with them as well, you know, they're probably, as I mentioned before, going to be the probably the biggest champion of the old branding. Mm -hmm. You know, they probably had a heavy hand in creating it and setting those... Um, vision and values even at a strategy level so yeah you can certainly see why they wouldn't be that keen i mean the thing that uh, i think goes hand in hand with our last point about cost was is the cfo or you know if if the company has one or i guess whoever's in charge of of you know counting the pennies you know their main concern really i guess is going to be cost and almost purely cost you know they're Again, maybe this is a bit of a, a stereotype, but they're probably less concerned or less, you know, likely to buy in that branding will, you know, make a, a positive difference to the business. So, I think for them, they would just see all the, both their, the sunk costs, as you say, but all those other costs in terms of opportunity costs or time spent on this first other task, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's a big factor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think about the CEO as well too. I mean, I often think that CEOs are generally, uh, the, the good generalist is probably the way that I'd describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they've got good generalist skills that, that kind of allow them to be across many parts of the business mm-hmm. and they're usually good communicators. But they don't necessarily have deep experience when it comes to, to brand. Yeah. And so, I think sometimes there's a knowledge gap mm-hmm. um, about what a rebrand might might achieve. They've almost got a little blind spot for it. Yeah. So, I think that's something specific in terms of a CEO and, and the challenges that you might face from a, a brand manager's point of view in terms of getting them over the line. Yeah. I mean, to build off that too, the, the idea that they might be a generalist, they probably feel like they have a good handle on marketing and, you know, that they know all there is to know. And sometimes we see, I guess, that a little bit of knowledge in any area can be dangerous mm. in the sense of, you know, they probably did a pretty good job, but to do a really good job will probably take a bit more expertise. So, that can be, I guess, another blocker for them is to think, well, from you know based on what i think and i know we're fine already you know everything's everything's hunky-dory 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think also too with CEOs, they tend to be very focused on what's happening right now in their business. Um, and look, if they're a good CEO, they're going to be visionary. So, they're going to be doing a bit of both, like focusing on what's what's going on today in their business, but also what what's ahead. And that generally distinguishes between a, a you know, decent CEO and a, and a not so decent one. And I think, you know, that also can be a challenge if you have a CEO who's very much focused on what's happening this quarter as mm. opposed to where, where do we go uh, in, you know, four quarters time. Yeah. And what's interesting about that really is that as we talked about on the last pod with signs of when it is time to rebrand, what you're talking about there in terms of focus on the now might be exacerbated if the business isn't doing so well, you know. So, definitely, yeah. there's often, often a, a thought when, you know, whether it's your CEO or my CFO where if things aren't going as well, even though a, a rebrand could be part of, you know, a broader strategy to improve the business, the thought of actually spending extra money at that point in time on something like marketing can just feel, you know, too much to bear, even if it might actually be one of the things that could help turn things around. So, what you're talking about there in terms of focusing on the now could be exacerbated by that scenario. Yeah, and I don't want to paint CEOs in, in a really terrible <laughs> villainish kind of light. No, um, you did use the word villain, though. But there's a lot there's a lot coming at a at a business leader, yeah. and and I think as a brand manager, you've also got to be aware of that fact as well too. You know, there's a lot of decisions they need to make in a day. There's a lot of things that they're focusing on. So we do need to cut the the CEO a bit of slack in that regard. But you know, I think that's really it's really on the the CMO or the brand manager to to recognise that yeah. and and to think about you know be wise about the timing and when you approach a CEO you know about the rebrand and be really clear about how you're pitching it and also how to sell the upside of that brand as well. Yeah, well, I think that's really what we're talking about here is trying to understand things from these other people's perspective so that you can then I guess put to put together a argument as to why you know how to overcome those things that they might be thinking or where they're coming from yeah i mean and i think conversely if you like flip that scenario around as well brand managers can actually be the culprit here as well like especially the ingrained brand manager who's been in the role for you know five six Mm -hmm. seven eight nine ten years yeah I think the longer in the tooth, sometimes the the more rusted on they are to to a current brand. So, I mean, you could have a situation where a new CEO is inbounds coming to the business. They've got you know they've got fresh ideas and they want to kind of re- rework the the entire brand. Mm. That can be a difficult situation for a marketing team as well. Sure. Do you think there's anything unique about the brand manager in that scenario and objections that they might have that that we haven't already touched on? Um, well, I think that they, they've probably worked on it. Uh, so, the brand manager's probably worked on this mm. brand for the last three or four years. So, it's their precious little baby. Um, and, and, you know, we see it so much in the work that we do that, that people become so passionate about the, their brand, so protective of their brand, yep. sometimes to their detriment. Yeah. It's and a good thing and a bad thing. It's yeah. a good thing and a bad thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, then you get this CEO come storming in, they've got new energy, they've got new perspective and they want to make a mark mm. and sometimes they can just ride roughshod over the whole marketing team. Yeah. And and I think if you don't have a marketing team's buy-in, then you're probably not going to get very far down the path. You almost ha- might have them antagonistically working against you yeah. in, in, a, in a rebrand scenario. You force a rebrand on a marketing mm-hmm. team. Yeah. You want them to be on board. You want them to be bought in. Yeah. Um, so, I think, you know, the CEO has got to be really careful that- 
they avoid we're doing it mm-hmm. as a statement and shifting it more to how can we do this together mm-hmm. so i think you know the ceo has to think very carefully about bringing that team along the journey with them yeah all right so that's a lot of the, that's a lot of the the roadblocky kind of stuff yeah um and i think if you're a brand manager you're probably you know potentially nodding away mm-hmm. thinking yeah i know some of those i recognize some of those uh, those signals how do we get past some of these roadblocks? Because they, they, they do seem like um, kind of big impediments mm. to, to, to rebranding. Yeah. Well, for me, the first thing is trying to understand things from the business's point of view. You know, like if it's a collective of, of those people that we've talked about and the objections that they have, I think this sort of thinking as to what they care about, you know, why would they want or not want to rebrand? What are the things that would be attractive to them about those kind of things? You know, certainly painting a picture of the future state of where you're going to get to is a big one. But yeah, I think for the most part, you know, a lot of the objections that we've talked about relate to, let's call them business matters, whether it's, you know, time, cost, resources, what am I going to have to put towards this thing? So, I think the counter to that is, well, how do you make a rebrand a business issue, you know? And that comes down, I think, to to trying to quantify or at least understand as best you can and put forward as best you can the business outcomes that you're going to get from this, you know? So, what are the, the things that a new brand would allow you to do as a business, you know, whether that's market better or attract more clients, you know, drive more revenue, those sorts of things. I mean, it can be very hard to put a figure on that and quantify it completely, but there is a better way or at least a way to fo- change that focus from brand being fluffy and and um, just about visuals to this actually impacts the business, you know, and the things that those people that we talked about care about. That's a great point. I mean, the the point you make about it being a business issue like that is really the job of a cmo or a brand manager is to make it a business issue yeah because that's is such a, a a critical thing to identify i think in a in a rebrand is is how strategically this will play into growth and revenue mm. and to all those other good things that, that a rebrand will do but definitely aligning it with a business issue rather than we just try and make things look better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that comes, you know, back to the understanding of knowing as much as you can about what your the people in your business care about, what their objections might be, as we've talked a lot about. And so, almost going through them one by one and thinking about how can you counter that or how can you, you know, make it clear that, okay, this might be a short-term cost, but in the long term, it's going to be a gain, those sorts of things. And even thinking beyond just the impact of the bottom line, but- Again, if you come back to that understanding idea and if you know that your CEO cares a lot about culture, we'll talk about the impact that brand rebrand could have on the culture. Yeah. You know, if it's going to get the team really energized and happy and, you know, more productive, like there's even a productivity angle here, you know, around rebranding. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I would say to a brand manager if they were sitting across the table from me right now is that you really need to do your homework mm. um, before a rebrand takes takes place. I think you got to think about the strategic purpose, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what you've just been talking about. Strategic purpose, you've got to have a real reason for a rebrand. Mm, it exactly. can't just be a kind of made up, you mm-hmm. know, illogical kind of, yeah, I think it, w- it would just look nice yeah. or it'd be more more to my personal taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so you've got to think through that stuff logically and you've got to talk it out with other humans as well too mm. just to make sure that you've got some sounding boards. So you can do a lot of kind of around the table water cooler kind of talk mm. before you even get into those leadership kind of discussions yep. to make sure that, you know, you've, you've sanitized the, the, the brand pitch to, to everybody. To see that as a way to maybe rally support too, you know? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think you – I mean, there's a bit of strategy in that as well too. <laughs> a bit of politics. A like bit of politics, sense. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think also too what you should do is look at what's happening in your vertical. So, mm. if if you're in the e-commerce space, for example, look at what others are doing in the e-commerce space. Like spend a bit of time researching the market, put your head up, have a look around and start pulling together your research and then look outside of your vertical as well too. What are some of the brands that you really admire? Then you start collating information around that. And then I think the the final step in all of that is look at brand studios who are doing great work and and maybe make a short list and have some exploratory conversations with brand studios just to kind of understand more about the process. Mm. I think that's important because all of this is about basically building up a deck that collects all of your thoughts and even I would go to the the point of getting that deck designed up professionally as well too and, mm-hmm. and walk in there like it's a, a pitch for a new business. Mm. Um, I think that's that's probably something that's really important. Don't just put it on a shitty little keynote and hope that, you know, it, it's going to get a great response. Yeah. You know, this is a big undertaking. So, it needs a big research piece. It needs a lot of thinking through and it needs to be done in a professional kind of way. Yeah, well, you're looking to sell the idea essentially, right? You know, especially if there are as many objections as we were talking about before, you've got to take take people from a place of being against the idea to for it. You know, that's going to take some pretty good persuasion. Definitely. Uh, persuasion is the word. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to feed into that, one of the other things I was thinking about is actually getting down in a like a clear visual way what's really going on and what i mean by that is like if there if one of the reasons for your rebrand is there's heaps of inconsistency as to how your brand is presented across the web and collateral and all those things actually put all those visuals on one of those slides in your deck and you know really show someone how bad it's gotten because i think one of the things is that ceo or cfo might not realize i guess the reality of what things are, you know. Well, yeah, it comes back to that point you were talking about before about them just having the fire hose out and dealing with t- today's issues, mm. not having the chance to have a look around yeah. and, and look at things more deeply like a brand manager may have the, the time and expertise to look at. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, show them the the flaws, I guess, and what's happening at the moment. Show them the competition, like you said, you know, it's like if one of the reasons for a rebrand is because you are falling behind in terms of where everyone else is at in your market, you know, show that to them. Don't just talk about it, but show it. And a really powerful one too, I think, in that regard too, is it'd be interesting to talk to these people, you know, outside the constructs of a rebrand, just talk to them about what the brand means, what they think it means, you know. Do they think it means premium? Do they think it means bold? Those sorts of things. And not just the leadership team, but as you said, you know, anyone around the water cooler. And then one of those slides in the pitch deck might be, well, this is what we think our brand stands for. But then if you actually look at it from an objective point of view, is it meeting those things, you know, those values or not still? And you can probably put together a pretty compelling case that it's not, you know. So almost these are your words. You said that we need to stand for this, this and this. Well, currently we stand for these other things, you know. In order to fix that alignment, we're going to have to look at the rebrand. 
Yeah, alignment alignment's definitely a critical factor for sure. And I think it's a nice nice way of kind of summarizing, you know, like those those differences. Yeah. If we're to look at some of those roadblocks that we talked about, like um, up front and, and address those kind of more specifically, I mean, the time factor, how much time it takes to, to do a rebrand. Have you got any thoughts in particular about how you might overcome that as a <laughs> as as a brand manager or a CMO? Yeah, I think the the first thing to really understand is that, you know, uh, I guess you want to try and get to a point where you believe that the time cost that it is inevitably going to take is worth it, you know, so that you can justify yes. the time. And I think so much of time, like we were talking about, is opportunity cost. Like, what else could I be doing in that time, you know, day-to-day as a marketing manager, et cetera. So... I think that's where if, if you can get true buy-in to the long-term benefits, you can understand that spending time on it, you know, will actually be better for the bottom line, et cetera. And then I guess beyond that, it's really just trying to work out the best way to, to fit it in with the other opportunities and other tasks that you do have. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking through this. If I was if I was in the brand manager's shoes, what, what, how would I overcome that mm. particular objection? Um, because you're going to get it from your CEO. They're going to say, look, you're really busy. You've got a lot on your plate. Yeah. You know, the, the timing is all wrong around this. And a really practical step I think you could take as a brand manager is you're going to bring in, you, this might, most likely you're going to bring in an outside studio mm-hmm. or an agency to work on these um, types of projects yep. unless you've got the internal capability, which a lot of companies don't have. And even if they do, it's not usually a good idea. Um, you want that outside influence. But if you get an experienced studio on board, you can actually take the time burden off your shoulders. Mm. So, just in practical terms, like structuring a full day workshop as a kickoff, like if they're if they're a decent agency, they will get a lot of information and mine the heck out of that session and mm. get as much as they possibly can down yeah. rather than cuts by, you know, like a, a thousand cuts. Yeah. It's just like you get as much information as you possibly can and you let that agency run for like three, four, five weeks without you necessarily having to be there on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Give them enough. Like that's a little productivity hack I think mm-hmm. that, that you could be using to, to gain back your your time in this process to take the time burden away from your company. It may not have to be a situation where you have to be doing it every single day mm. and, and answering emails from the brand studio. Give them what they need and then let them go and work because the good agencies will be able to just take that and run. Yeah. What about distraction? Well, I guess certainly what you just talked about would be a, a good good workaround with that as well. I guess. Yeah, I think the one that I, I saw that that one in terms of if we're talking hacks here for a second, mm. the one thing I thought you could do is you could actually look at the stuff that you're currently doing and how you could automate some of those things mm. um, and practically show your CEO how you can automate some of the tasks that are currently being done by you in a manual way. So, it's just thinking about your workload and how you can be a bit more clever about that and also just handing stuff off as well too. There's just going to be things that are urgent but not that important. Yep. And I think uh, it, it really comes down to thinking about the rebrand as being something that's really important to the business and getting all the urgent stuff and shifting that. Some of that's just pure time management stuff. Yeah, yeah you will need to clear out a bit of your your, your week to, to focus on a project like this. But between those two things around, you know, kind of getting 
an agency that will will do workshops and mine as much information and stay out of here as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, being able to, you know, shift some of those, you know, those things that aren't really producing that much yeah. in terms of your day-to-day workflow, then those two things alone can be very helpful. Yeah, I think it's probably a good time to also reflect on what is and isn't working, you know. There's probably a bunch of stuff that you're doing in your marketing plan. Yeah. You're doing it because it's part of the plan, but maybe, you know, it's time to just take stock and, and cut back even on some things, even if that's kind of a temporary thing during this phase where you're sort of a little bit less active on the marketing front. You keep doing the things that work, but maybe you sort of cut bait on some of the stuff that isn't that's taking up your time. If you're sending email newsletters and pouring over them for a week, for example, but you're getting really low open rates, then maybe you can actually just fully pull the pin on some of that stuff. And sort of almost go into a bit of a, a sort of quieter phase um, while you focus on, on the new stuff. Yeah, I mean, we talk a bit about, you know, kind of being the conductor. Mm-hmm. And and that is really, you know, that conductor mentality for a brand manager is like, okay, well, now I need to just be a little bit more hands-off during, mm-hmm. a, during a process like a rebrand. And shifting some of those things to either agency partners to do or getting rid of them altogether or passing them to somebody else in your team, depending on what your situation is. Yeah, Politics, that's a tough one, right? I was thinking about how do you get around the politics of a rebrand and I think it it is almost like a case-by-case type situation. Like it's a difficult one. But I think the best thing that you can do in this regard is to to bring the blockers along for the ride. And what I mean by that is understand what problems they're facing and then think about how the rebrand might address those. So, if the CEO, for example, has an issue with uh, he needs to cut 10% of the workforce because the numbers just aren't stacking up, well, potentially a rebrand can reverse that situation. Mm. If, you know, you kind of get better market alignment, you're able to charge a bit more for your products. Maybe you can get that P&L looking a lot better. Mm. But it's, I think it's actually about sitting down with those people who you think are potential blockers and, and who might kind of railroad you a little bit and actually kind of bringing them into the camp. And under, like actually taking the time to understand what is their challenges and their problems, and then seeing if you can talk your way around what you know what some of the advantages of a rebrand might look like. Yeah, well, I think you said it before too, in terms of not just getting them involved in the decision necessarily, but also involved in the process. And that might not be true for everything. You know, maybe you're not going to get the CFO completely involved in color picking, but. Certainly, when you think about that dynamic between the CEO and and marketing manager, uh, I think you even put it before telling them, not just telling them this is what's going to happen, but talking to them about how we can do this together. You know, I think a lot of people get a big kick out of being involved in a process like this. And there's other benefits to that too. You're going to have a lot more buy into the result if people feel like they're involved in the creation of it as well. And that just doesn't even have to be the people that we've talked about, but anyone across the team. Yeah, inclusive. That's a, that's a big factor, actually. Inclusiveness in a process is important, mm. even if it's just from those early stages. You know, sometimes pulling those people in can yield interesting results. Mm. And if nothing else, you brought them along to a certain point in the ride. Yeah. They feel good about it. And, okay, maybe they might drop off over time, <laughs> but, but, but you've done the right thing. Um, and ultimately, you've achieved your objective, which is to get a rebrand over the line. Costs, that's that's going to be a big factor, right? So, costs are a real challenge and and it's probably going to be like we were talking about. It's probably going to be the number one thing that gets talked about in a mm-hmm. rebrand is the 
costs of doing it versus the return on investment. Yeah. It's, it, it's always going to be difficult. And I think the thing is if you're a brand manager, you really want to get your accounting nerd on here. I think you want to get a bit nerdy with the numbers. And it's usually you're finding that brand managers are typically creative people who don't love numbers that much. Mm. And but but I think it's pretty crucial that you that you try and link it, you know, in some way, shape, or form, you know, to some, you know, tangible a PL of some sort yeah. or or some numbers that support it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about how hard it is to quantify the impact of a brand, but I think even if you just look at some really sort of top level examples, you could at least start to understand what it might mean. And what I mean by that is, you know, do we think that this could lead to 10 new projects a quarter and what's an average project worth to your business? You know, it might not be exactly, you know, the number that you're going to generate, but if you can get a feel for what that would mean to your business, you know, suddenly at least you're putting some sort of numbers against what you're talking about instead of just saying, oh, I think it could be really good. At least you have some sort of framework to work from then. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. So, you're actually even pulling it out of the P&L and you're, yeah. and you're actually just looking at, okay, wh- what would this mean at a product or a service level? If we could sell 10 more of these widgets or 10 more of these services, what would that mean yeah. for, for the impact to the, the business? Yeah. I think it's nice to look at it through those, that, that lens. Yeah, my final piece of advice on this one, if you're a brand manager, is just Google ROI. <laughs> on branding because there is a ton of articles mm. around ROI um, and we could do a separate podcast just on the ROI factor yep. um, but there's a bunch of stuff that you can see online uh, in and around this and it might be interesting just to get your head around that to understand how some of these people who analyze these types of things speak about those those issues and and you can just steal a bunch of that for your deck and, and make sure you just chuck that in your deck but yeah, Google ROI on branding. Yeah, and the last thing for me on cost is just, I guess, trying to look look at any ways that you could potentially stagger those costs and, you know, talk to your agency partner about that as well if, if you are hooking up with someone to do it. It is, it is, it's not always possible and it can be tricky to sort of roll it out in a staggered approach, but there certainly can be opportunities where you just don't have to eat that entire cost right at the very beginning. You know, you can spread it out in stages. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, with the question of timing, mm-hmm. because we talked about how timing can be the factor, it, I was thinking about ways that you could overcome this as a as a hurdle, because I think you might have to spend six to twelve months just doing your homework before you even go and pitch a rebrand. Mm. Uh, I think you've got to be careful being the inbounds, you know, brand manager coming into a new business, and in your first three weeks, you're talking about rebrands. I think you've really got to get your head around a brand first before yeah. you start talking rebrand. So, I think that's, you know, that's a trap for young players. But I think, you know, it's important that, you know, you, you, you do spend the time to do the research phase and, and make sure that you do your homework, pull together your deck because when the opportunity presents, that's when you want to be ready to go and have those conversations. So, a few of those opportunities to me look like the business is tanking and they need to do something. So, that's a critical moment in a business. Yep. That's when you want to be ready to put that deck out in front of somebody <laughs> and have that conversation. You're not being predatory about it. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't think it's that. I just think you've just done all of your homework. You're ready to go with this. And the business is looking for answers. 
and you've got one of the answers. It's not all of the answer, but you've got one of the answers, which is that if you see an opportunity for a rebrand, then, you know, that's the time to pull it out. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, as you say, in terms of understanding the brand, I think it's also about understanding the business. So, you might even make it more of your job to to understand a bit more about the financial goings on of the business and how, you know, how profit actually works and, you know, what are the, the cost triggers and all those sorts of things, but also keeping track of performance. So, you know, you talked about it there when things almost are going quite badly, but maybe you're if you're really in touch, you can see when things are even just starting to wane a little bit. So, get out ahead of the problem, you know, even earlier. That's a big one. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think the other factors like uncertainty, like when you're just a bit unsure or there's a bit of unrest in the company, mm-hmm. um, it, it may not necessarily be the business that's tanking. It's just a bit of uncertainty about what the, what's happening in the market. Again, that presents itself an opportunity just to have those conversations. I think you can also be in the coasting zone as well too where you just, you know, business is fine. Mm-hmm. Things are coasting along. That almost is a sort of a canary in the coal mine in a sense as well too that, you know, potentially just not assessing the market the right way or the business is not assessing the right way. So, maybe that's a time to also, you know, kind of think about, okay, right, we need to get a bit more strategic about what we're doing with our brand. Mm. Look, anytime a new CEO comes into a business, great opportunity because they're going to be coming with a fresh set of eyes um, and they can be your, um, your your biggest champion in in trying to get this through. We talked about how the CEO can be the blocker, but the yeah. CEO can also be the guy that just makes that that decision because he kind of sees things in a different way. Or she sees. Yes, don't worry. <laughs> I was being politically correct. Um, and then the, the final factor here is like aggressive growth plans. Like if the business is really going after a big target, and you think that the brand that you've currently got is just it's just not going to it's going to break before you get to that aggressive growth target yeah. that to me is another factor another timing factor that you know that is the time when you want to roll that that pitch deck out and have those conversations yeah and i think that's a a good point in the sense of like it doesn't just have to be reactive it can be proactive too you know and that's probably when it's actually more exciting as you say Maybe things are going okay, but they could be better or, you know, you might have, we've seen this a bit where when you do your first round of branding and you're sort of breaking into the industry, you're quite different, you know, everyone, you know, then turns around and looks at you as kind of the disruptor and then they all start copying you. So, certainly getting, continuing to be ahead of the market, you know, is a factor in terms of timing as well. Yeah, I I like that front foot, just be on the front foot the whole time with those things. I mean, I think- You've got to have good um, a good nose for these things. Like you, you have to notice the 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 sort of the tectonic shifts that yeah. are happening in a in a business. You've got to sense the mood, which which sounds a little bit spiritual in a way. <laughs> but I think you've got to you've got to pick your moment. You've got to do it right. You've got to be armed with your research. You've got to have your preso. You've got to pitch it the right way. Um, but if you if you step through all of that and you're ready to rock and roll, and then yeah, you can either be on the front foot or you can you can be there reactive as well. If once once you know one of those shifts is happening in the business, cool. All right, well that sounds like a nice place to call time on the podcast for this week. Uh, so Les is a weekly podcast. Um, it's a conversation between two brand blokes. If you want to hit us up, uh, if you've got any questions, you can hit us up at ply.studio. You can find our email addresses there. If you want to learn more about building a brand, you can listen to some of the other episodes that we've recorded uh, either at the layerspodcast.com or um, you can also find us on good 
podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's it, MC. Lovely. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time, Les. Thank you.